folks, welcome back to Good Vibes Nation. Doug is not in the number two chair, so you know what that means. We've got an amazing guest joining us today. She's a media executive, a TV host, public speaker, corporate sportsperson, best-selling author, and not to mention she's a very successful country music recording artist. I want to welcome to the show Amy Scruggs. Amy, how are you? Thank you so much, Nick. I am fabulous. It's beautiful here in San Diego today, so I cannot complain. I love it. You're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. We've got a little bit of a weather situation today, cold and rainy, so I'll take sunshine any day of the week. Uh, <laughs> I'm super excited about this podcast, Amy. I've been looking forward to it for a long time, so thank you first and foremost for coming on the show with your active schedule. I'm going to say that, active schedule. I learned a new word today. <laughs> we discussed off the podcast. We'll get in that into a, a little bit, but... We love, if you listen to our show, we love to start off our guests by giving a little bit of detailed background about their upbringing, where they're from. So if you don't mind, can you give us a little bit about your upbringing? No problem. I was born in Southern California, born and raised a SoCal girl, came from a little town called San Dimas, which is really fun because everybody who's you know my age, maybe right. these Gen Xers say Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, San yeah. Dimas High. Yes, that's, that's where I grew up. <laughs> that's awesome. It was wonderful, typical mom and dad, one brother, family business and aerospace. And so I, and athletics, everything in our family was athletics. My dad and my brother were actually training me to hopefully be a very successful softball pitcher. Ooh. Let's just say that was not my path, Man. but I can still throw a mean softball. <laughs> That's awesome. You're speaking my language. Uh, our guests know that we've got two girls, uh, 12 and eight, actually about to be 13 and nine. Both of them are softball. I'm actually their fast pitch softball coach for one of our organizations oh, out here. Yeah. Hours and hours and hours in the backyard. Love it. With my dad as my fast pitch softball coach and my brother as well. Hours and hours. And I just yeah. wanted to go sing. I just yeah. wanted to do music. That is awesome. We're going to get into that. So to, to say you're well-rounded, that's an understatement, right? I went through your bio, country music artist, best-selling author, TV host, just to name a few. Can you take us high level now? Can you take us into a little bit of how you got into those three things? And did any of those things springboard into the next? Everything always springboards. Yeah. So I'll give you the really good cliff note version. And the one word that describes it all is shift. Okay. Anytime we face something in our life and it's time to make a shift, we have two choices. Keep my head buried in the sand. Yeah or move forward and acquire new tools. So as you read my bio and wait, how did she do this? Why is she here? Why is she there? It was a constant evolution of the shift. I started off in the wholesale mortgage industry in 2001 as a wholesale account executive. That was my first big girl job, how right. I cut my teeth and went into sales. And I learned very quickly that effective communication was a key component to succeeding. Even before I really understood the industry and as I was learning, as I went along trying to find clients and read the rate sheet and it was a hustle and bustle and Southern California and the Los Angeles area, but communicating effectively really became a success point for me. And I succeeded in that. But in 2007, 2008, we know what happened. That entire mm. world exploded. Real yeah. estate and mortgage disappeared. So did my job. And I had mouths to feed. I have four kids. I had mouths to feed. I had loved music, been trained in classical, trained vocally. Country music has been a passion. And I was always singing in cover bands while I was doing wholesale mortgage. So I decided like anything else, you put a business plan to it. Yeah. Well, what can I do? What tools do I have when everything just collapsed and I still need to survive? So I put the business plan together and started asking for the business the same way I did in mortgage in my music career. And six months later, I was on a national stage opening for Clint Black on the 4th of July in Camp Verde, Arizona. Gosh. And I knew that that would then springboard opportunities for other big shows and for continuing on 
in recording and continuing on and touring. And that's what we did. The kids and I went on tour for the next years. That is and so that cool. opened up doors. I served and, and performed a lot for the military and veteran community. Mm-hmm. And so I became the spokesperson for the American veterans for California for three years. But again, shifting, asking for the business and using effective communication and especially the tools that we even had then in media, which meant I was driving to the radio stations and I was driving to the TV stations to create visibility. I had a flip phone still. So I didn't have the tools that we have today. And then in 2011, stepped back and combined both of those worlds back in the business world and started working with sales teams, business development, still performing on requests so that my youngest daughter could kind of have a a normal life in school. It was just that needed to happen. So we made, again, you make those shifts. Well, I can still sing and I can go back into business. The industry was opening up and that opened up doors that I got invited to host a television show five years ago called The American Dream because it was entrepreneurs real estate agents, mortgage professionals, veterans, and I spoke all of those languages and was comfortable in front of the camera. So the last five years, I was able to do that, which then leads into seeing a common thread with professionals of all industries have issues speaking publicly and being on camera. So it was a natural evolution to start doing the media coaching as well. And then during the pandemic, got invited to record a new album in Nashville. So I still get to be a recording artist. I still get to speak. I still get to help professionals be on camera. And I still get to perform live. And there is your evolution of shifting and taking those tools and continuing to move them forward to create that life and career that we want to have. Wow. I love it. Now, you said country music, right? And you're in California. So you mentioned you got to go to Nashville here recently. But did your journey, how did your journey, did it take you there at all? From California it, to Nashville? It did in 2004, and it was a crazy time, too. I, I had wanted to go to Nashville my entire life, born and raised in Southern California. But with the last name Scruggs, you really can't do anything but country music. It kind of like, <laughs> you know, what choice did I have, yeah. right? <laughs> I wasn't going to be a, a pop artist. Right. So with the Scruggs name, my parents were actually out in Nashville, just on their in their motorhome, mm-hmm. visiting as tourists back in 04. And I said, let me fly out and meet you. I've always wanted to see it. And literally, I have to say that magic happened because that first day I met who is now to this day still my A&R rep, James Ray. It was he and my dad and my mom and I struck up a conversation in a restaurant. One thing leads to the other. Next thing you know, I'm song searching. I'm in a studio. And it was really magic. And James is still like family to me to this day. And single-handedly, 18 years later, found my producer in my new project that I just released this year. What a journey. Now, I love it. You've got your What If It All Goes Right. It's off of your EP, Love Another Day, right? That's just out. Yes. I'd love to dive into that a little bit and ask you, can you take That's us fine. on that journey behind What If It All Goes Right and how that single came to happen? That is so much fun because that's always kind of been my mantra from the get-go, especially when the industry collapsed in 08. I'm like, well, let's go out and tour. What if it goes right? I've I've always tried to look at what can I do and what can go right versus then what can go wrong. And yeah. I think that's been definitely a success model of, of creating that to happen. So when James reached out to me in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic and said, Amy, would you like to record in Nashville again after all these years? I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Because see, the musicians were home. Nobody was touring. Yeah. The producers didn't have as much work. So he reached out and found Fred Mullen, who's one of the greatest legendary producers of all time. I mean, Mac Davis, Linda Ronstadt, um, Billy Joel. I mean, he was the head of Disney music for four years. I mean, he's amazing, genius, and said yes to producing me. So we said, well, we have to do the song search process. So James reaches out to the publishers in Nashville. And so what you do is you set up pitch meetings. And virtually, I was meeting with publishers in Nashville as they would pitch me music. And I'd have the producer, uh, Fred, I'd have James and myself in these meetings. And James went through about a thousand songs 
to narrow it down to like the 300 that were pitched to us. Oh. And from that, we had to choose five. And one of the songs, it was in an email sent to me even, hey, listen to this catalog of these six songs. I saw the title, What If It All Goes Right. I'm like, there it is. Yeah. I hadn't even heard it yet. That's it. Yeah. Listen to the demo and said, that one has to be on it. Hands down, I knew it was, it was magic. I knew it was meant to be. And when we went into the studio, the five songs were chosen and we were in the studio and that song on the first take, it was, it was incredible moment. Fred took his headphones off and he went, oh my God, everybody, that's a hit. I felt it to the core yeah. and we all felt it in the studio that day released it the first of this, this year, 2022. And it's like, okay, you put it out there. And I put it out with no expectations of this has to be a hit because mm -hmm. I have my career. So I'm not a starving young artist. Right. And I just said, I hope that this resonates even with just one person or a million people. I don't know. Let's just see what happens and just put it out there with just such fun expectations. Right. And Oh my gosh, it worked using these digital tools, using airplay direct to get it out there to radio, using YouTube for the video, produce the video myself. Did you really? Team of people. Yes. That is so I directed cool. and produced the video from my experience in media. It yeah. was easy for me to, to bring in those resources and put that together and get to be the creative mind behind it and put it out there using the tools we have. Oh my gosh. The song went number one in Australia and the UK. It went up to 66 in on the music road charts in Nashville, which has been a dream of mine my entire life. Yeah. And the New York Times picked it up on their summer 2022 playlist. And I have not left this desk. I have wow. not toured. That song had magic. And the one thing that means the most that I hear back from people around the world is the world needs this song right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. It was a positive message at a time in the world that we needed to hear that. And I'm just so thankful that I got to be the voice behind it. Tanya Hantroff is the writer. I did not write that song. I was blessed with the permission to record it. Yeah. And that's how it came about. I love it. I love the fact, like you said, that's that's the vibe that I get from you and the music that I hear from you that I've listened to so far is it's so much positivity, right? And I love country music. I grew up, actually, my story's a little bit different. Growing up up north in New Jersey, where country music isn't really heard of, my right. dad was a, was a country boy and loved country music. And I cut my teeth with, you know, Kenny Rogers and, you know, listening yes. to with my dad growing up. And that's how I Me found too. the love of country music from my dad. Moved down to North Carolina, and I fell right in. I love it to this day. But Perfect you, fit. Yes, exactly. Uh, but your music is it's so positive. Uh, uh, you know, like I said, everything. A lot of country music. You, you know, it's a, you know, you know the old, old jokes, right? They lose their car, right. they lose their wife. Yours is so positive. And I did the reverse country music. Exactly. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. It's the reverse country music, and that's how I am too. Is I'm yes. a glass half full type of guy right mm -hmm. i don't want there's so much negative negativity in life as we go throughout our daily day we could focus on that or we could focus on the positive things and that's what i hear from from you i agree and that was by design even in the meetings in the pitch meetings i said i'm only looking for positive music yeah and my producer friday was so cute even in one of the sessions the publishers came on and he said she's a mature artist looking for positive music i don't want any tattoos i don't want any beer and i don't want any trucks <laughs> so don't even play it for us there you go <laughs> There you go. I didn't want heartache. Yeah. You know, I've lived through some, we've lived through some yeah. tremendous things. The yes. kids and I have been through a lot. Yes. I didn't want that in there. Yeah. I wanted the hope. I wanted the mindset of the shift and, and love another day is, I, I love that song. I get to live and love another yes. day. Something to believe in is, is anybody who's believed in you, a mentor, a parent, a, a friend said, Hey, I believe yeah. in you and, and helped change the trajectory of your life. It was really fun to put these messages yeah. out there because that's what I'm about yeah. and who I am in my business and my life and as a parent and as a wife 
And so I didn't want to represent anything different in the music that I put out there to the world. That's great. You mentioned Love Another Day. I love that. That's a great song. Another song that I love of yours is Hold My Hand. Oh, thank you. I think that is so cool. And I love the tone to it where you got the ex, right? The ex-girlfriend and the current wife or, or girlfriend. And what speaks to me is I see my wife in that picture too. Not necessarily oh. in in the tone of the other girl, right? But the sure. message of, you know, my wife hey. sitting there telling me exactly, right? Hey, you should be doing hey. this, right? Over here. Yep, over here. And I'm it like, It is a sweet gotcha. love song. It is a sweet I, love song. I, yep. I saw a lot of that when I recorded it, actually. I, I, I have grown sons. Yeah. And I actually saw a lot of that with their girlfriends kind of playing out in yeah. that where they're like, hey, you know, because yeah. my boys, you know, they're boys. Yeah. And so I see the girls that they have in their life now. And they're they're like, listen, you're with me now. Yeah. And I did see a lot of that in there when I chose to record that one. It was a little bit more outside of what I felt my comfort or what yeah. I was going to do. But it was interesting. Even Fred chose that and said, you have to do this song. Yeah. It's a classic, like old school country song the kind that i hope to stand and sing on the grand old opry that is definitely i'm put, putting that out there and so thank you for liking that one it's oh, it's, no it's different than the others absolutely yeah like i said i took i took even more out of it as a male right we kind of think that we've got everything covered and you know that your wife's in your ear saying hey, look over here you know what i mean we should be doing this you're like you're right you're right you know what i mean so I, I love it, and uh, like you said, a little bit different of a tune, but but great song. And hey, if you're ever on that Grand Ole Opry, I want to come and see you for sure. Me too. You know what's so fun, Nick, is I tried to change the narrative as well about the stigma of who should be out there right now putting yeah. music out. I am 50 years old this week. As a 50-year-old independent female artist to have music that charted on Music Row, yeah. to change that narrative for other women to say just because you're 35 now doesn't mean you're done. No. And to take that off of there and say, why not? Absolutely. Why not? Look what can happen. And I think that's been really fun for me to feel like I'm a little bit of a pioneer. Yes. Coming back into the circuit late in the game and still holding it out there with everybody else and saying, good music is good music. Yes. I agree. I agree. And it's sad to say that, right? Women pioneering in, in country music. There's been so many great artists. But yes. to me, in country music, they've always taken a, a backseat to the to yes. the male artists and I'm as a dad as a, as a girl dad I'm so thankful for artists like you that are coming to the forefront and paving the way for these girls that are behind right. that is so awesome that's that's truly the hope of what what is the legacy I'm leaving with yeah. this I if I can do it so can you that's awesome. Don't give up. Don't quit. And and as women, we have to keep pushing out there and saying we're here. We're musicians. We're artists. We have talent, and we deserve to continue moving in that talent and bringing it out there, regardless of our age. A hundred percent. Now you mentioned it a little bit. Can you take us through the process of making an album? How long it takes? I'm sure oh, it varies, Lord. right? How long it takes? What kind of music? What kind of tone that we're going to put it to? How many tracks are we recording? How many tracks are we going with? kind of get into that final product. What does that look like? We we started the process about eight months before the recording. And once we got to Nashville, though, I have to say that that producer is the magic point. Fred, I, he heard it all. He knew in his head everything that he wanted on these songs, how the tone was going to go. He brought in the best musicians and they all speak that language. And basically, by the time we got to Nashville, once the song selection was done and I decided, let's just do the five songs, let's do an EP. Here's what we have time for. He goes, okay. And at that point, I kind of handed over and my job is to kind of shut up and show up, mm -hmm. <laughs> ready, fresh, rested, voice well, and ready to follow his lead. 
And that's what happened. I loved that I wasn't in the weeds on that. I got to sit back and watch it like a movie unfolding before me. I actually brought cameras into the studio. We recorded at Sound Emporium, which is one of the most famous studios there in Nashville. And for me, it was just everything I had dreamed of and visualized since I was three years old coming to life right before my eyes. So cool. And so the first recording actually in the song Fly, I started crying because I was so wrapped up in the moment that this was really happening for me that I was not able to deliver. He said, do you have a cold? Are you, are you done crying yet? What's going on? So I finished and then I got in the game. We, we were in the studio for about a week and then post-production did the background vocals. And I stayed there to meet some of the other musicians that were coming in and background vocals and tracking. And it was really fun to watch his mastermind. He's literally like a mad science genius and sitting there and watching how they put this together and then flew back home and it went through mastering. And I had my final products about three months after the recording to where then you have to go through the graphic arts. What do I want the cover? How do I want all of this to go together in order to put it together for release, setting up digital distribution. So start to finish from saying, okay, let's do this to actually releasing the music was a little over a year. Really? So does it vary though? I guess would it depend on how many songs, right? You're you're cutting. I'm sure. Okay. Especially if I wrote my own music, then that, you know, a lot of artists write their own music so they can just jump right in. For my process, finding those songs out of a thousand, finding five out of a thousand, planning out that trip to be out there, how this works, wanting to to do this the right way and walking that through. I, it. I'm never in a hurry to screw something up and I have all the time in the world to do it right. Yes. And so for me, I chose to not be in a hurry and screw it up. I love but that to mentality. Do it right. Now I mentioned you opened for Clint Black, Trace Atkins, yes. Charlie Daniels. Have you ever had that moment where you're like, this is it. Holy cow. I can't believe this is what I'm doing. Clint Black was definitely that one yeah. because it was the first. And it was such a big show. Fourth of July, huge stadium getting to do the tea interviews, all the radio press beforehand. That was that first experience in 08. And that was pretty, that was pretty magical to say, I'm really sitting here with Clint Black. And funny story about that, that day a monsoon came in. And so we didn't get our sound check. The whole stage is just blowing to to smithereens. And we're sitting in the bus going, this show is going to get canceled. Oh my goodness. It's going to get canceled. Clint Black invited me over to his bus to get to meet him because we were all riding out a monsoon, which I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And I got to meet he and his team and his band. And we were laughing and just having the best time. And they were about to cut me from the show because by the time the monsoon passed over, everything was behind and they were going to have to cut the opener, which was me. Right. And he said, no. I want her to do it. So they, I didn't get to do my full 30 minutes, but I got three songs. I'll take it. So, so I was cool. able to do my three songs. And I always remember how kind and generous he was. Yeah. He could have been a jerk. He could yeah. have just said, yeah, sorry. Things to be you. That's show business, sweetheart. Yeah. And he didn't. He he stuck, stuck his neck out and said, no, we're going to give her this shot. And it was because of that, that I was able to leverage and go on to opening for all of these other great artists over the next years. And I will never forget how gracious he was with that. You know, my next question is going to be, have you ever been starstruck, right? Would it be Clint Black? You've met a lot of people, and Clint Black is legendary. That's a big one. Yeah? I think second to Clint Black, and you'll appreciate this with your upbringing as well, was Charlie Daniels. Oh, yeah. I mean, how? How do you not just go, I'm I'm here with Charlie Daniels? Like, oh oh my goodness, growing up on on his music Uh was just really... Yeah, that was a good one. I definitely would say Charlie Daniels. That for is sure. so cool. Now, what about from what I could see, country music is one giant family. Everyone seems to get along. You know, some of the other genres of music, you've got rap artists that are fighting, you know, verbally and physically with each other. 
Is that a facade, or do you think that's real in country music, or do you think that they do a really good job of sweeping that stuff under the rug? What do you think? I really think they do a good job. I'm sure that, I mean, it's still competitive. Music yeah. business is competitive, so I'm sure that you you see that element. But what I've noticed over the years with country music is seeing the musicians all coming together and collaborating on each other's projects. Mm-hmm. You're always seeing this artist singing with that artist. This guitar player played with this, and then now he played with that. I think that there is a lot more of a family feel there's always going to be that edge under there where yeah. people they they need to succeed. They have to pay their bills. They want that next hit. No problem. But I have noticed just a genuine, genuine love for music and appreciation for each other in this industry. Even the musicians that were on my project, we're still in touch. It's like, I can reach out to them and call them and they aren't prima donnas. Everybody was just the nicest. And I dealt with that even touring all, all along. Phil Vassar, I don't know if you know who Phil Vassar is. Absolutely do. But I've yeah. opened his show like three times. But the first time we were in the middle of somewhere, Wyoming, I can't even remember where. And my youngest da- daughter at the time was only four. And backstage, Phil's like, ah, come here, come say hi. He's just chatting with us. We're having a great time. And he let my daughter pick out his outfit for the night. That is cool. And <laughs> she picked a purple tie-dyed shirt and he wore it. That is and cool. I always remember, he didn't yeah. have to do that. Nah. And he did. And the whole night he's pointing at her and, and putting his fingers up to his eyes like, I see you. I'm wearing this shirt because of you. And I always thought that was just so classy as well. You see just, just a genuine niceness. There were only a couple that maybe were prima donnas and I won't say who they were, no, we will leave that. but they were younger. They yeah. were the younger guys that were just coming up that were full of themselves, but that was a very select few mm-hmm. and it was isolated incidents and little Texas nicest guys you'll ever meet on the planet. How was life on the road with the family? I know you mentioned that you, you took the family on, on tour, how, you know, being a family man myself. Yeah. I'd imagine so. It was not easy. Yeah. I get, you know, I've been a mom for so many years. I just rolled it in. Like I'm just still being a mom. Oh yeah. Now I'm on stage and the older ones would watch the younger ones. The fun part is that my oldest son, Ryan, he's now 31, but he became my lead guitar player at 18. So he started as a guitar tech and roadie helping with everything at a young, as a teenager. And then he stepped up into lead position. And so he and I together, he's, he was my right hand uh, with me when we opened for Trace Atkins and all the stuff we've done with the military and singing at the VA hospitals. He's really been an incredible integral part of the music. And so it really just was a family business. It was hard on, on the other three at different times. And there were times that they were okay staying with family members while we went out and did this certain show. And I was very careful about what shows we would do. It had to be family friendly. A lot of the fairs all around the country, going to the fairgrounds, because then they were safe. They were well. They could be with us and a lot of the military events. And wow, what incredible life experiences that my kids have been mm-hmm. able to have because we did that. Yes. They weren't sitting backstage in bars. We were sitting on um, Fort, Fort Irwin and <laughs> yeah. or we were at Miramar Marine Base. Or <laughs> They got to meet military and veterans of, of all walks of life. And, and I know that that definitely molded who they are and the experiences that they were able to take from that as who they are as humans and adults to this day. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. You know, one thing that we're big on in in my family is the experiences, right? And that's stuff that you can't, Mm -hmm. you've got a Christmas tree behind you as we're we're doing this interview. Christmas is right around the corner. You know, we give our kids gifts for birthdays and Christmas and, you know, Valentine's day, what have you, that stuff, you know, some, some time is going to be thrown out, right? But the experiences, That's what you take with you, right? You go on a vacation. I could still tell you when I was four years old and, you know, we took a a trip to Florida with my family. And that's what means so much 
to to yes. me as you know as a kid and as an adult as a mom so i know that they'll it's take incredible those my, my kids have been up close hanging over the yeah. rail at a rodeo with the bulls right there my yeah. kids have been able to sit in fighter jets and we had yeah. a private tour of a gold mine in the middle of round mountain nevada so they cool. got wristbands at every fairgrounds we went to yeah. there were some hard times too yeah, don't get course. me wrong there were some really difficult times in that but for the most part those are experiences that we can still laugh about today yeah. we can still cherish today and the one thing that i've showed them is work ethic yeah. that you can do it Go out and do it, and you make it work, and you make it happen. Yeah, and, it helps, and don't give up on your dreams. It helps mold them into who they are today, and that's why we always lead when we have yes. a guest with that question to kind of where you came from and, and your background to kind of see who you are today. One thing that I mentioned, too, in, in your laundry list of bio, one thing specific is that you're a media coach. Can you talk to us about that for a few? Obviously, you're awesome at it. There's no, There's no doubt about that. It was a natural evolution. Yeah. I mean, how could I not? And it really came about in those years that I was hosting television with the American Dream TV because I was interviewing entrepreneurs, business owners, community leaders, nonprofit founders, day in and day out. Yeah. And there was that common thread that each one of them would get nervous when the camera came on. Yeah. Or they would lose their message or they would stumble with, oh, I wish I had said that. Or, oh, is this how I look? Is this how I sound? And so there was definitely... This this common thing that was taking place, and because of my background and experience of being comfortable in front of the camera, I knew in the moment it was my job to help them feel better. Yeah. Like, I've got you. Don't worry. Just follow my lead. You look amazing. You know your talking points. Let's do this. And so I was kind of in the seat coaching in the studio. And then I had several of them say, hey, can you work with me outside of the studio so I can get better at this? So while I was hosting, I started working with some professionals. Well, we know what happens when, when the pandemic hit is yeah. the entire world went on camera. And all of a sudden, everything that I do and what I was doing just came to life in a big way that everyone needs more helping on camera. We saw those some disastrous virtual meetings taking place early on in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, we did. And yeah. so I was hosting yeah. workshops. So let yeah. me help you even just frame yourself and get your Zoom meetings in order, yeah. no matter who you are, because you're on camera now. Yeah. And what's so fun is that evolution then really coming in and saying, this is a specialty. This is a gift. I've I've had my I've had my amazing moments on big stages. Yeah. I have done things that I would have never dreamed of as a child. Now I get to sit in a seat and help others have their moment. Yeah, I get to help them deliver their message or promote their business or their nonprofit or their music or whatever it is that they're doing in their industry or their outreach. Now I get to take what I learned all those years by doing this. And saying, let me help you. And I have my own techniques that I think really effectively help people get more comfortable, more confident. And we work a lot on communications and speech and filler words and resting faces. There's a lot of work that can be done in helping somebody really vamp up their visibility. And with today's digital world, everybody on social media, everybody has a camera in their hand at all times. There is no one that shouldn't be leveling up their professionalism on camera. I love it. Well, that leads me to where your ads are. Can you let our, our listeners know? I want to be mindful of your time. I really appreciate it. But let before we go, let them know where they could find Amy. Amy Scruggs. If you just Google it, it is hard to miss me. <laughs> Amy Scruggs media.com, Amy Scruggs music.com. Both pages go to the other. All social media, just put in Amy Scruggs or Amy Scruggs media. I, I promise I'm there. And I do respond to my messages, to direct message. Emails come over through the website to me. So I, I really love connecting with new professionals. I do free consultations. So if this is something that you feel like you want for yourself or your team, or just please go listen to the music and love it. I, I really just be blessed by the music. 
if there's something that I can bring to help your organization or your business, that's what I'm here to do. And it is such a blessing to sit in the seat that I sit in today. And it was really an honor to be with you. Thank you so much for this platform that you have, that you're putting out there to bring people's stories to the world and to share inspiration and hopefully bring tools and techniques. I mean, the power of podcasting and the power of what you're doing has so much value in our world today. So thank you. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate your time. And guys, go check her out. And listen, we're going to wrap this thing up with what if it all goes right? That you're taking is a dead end What if love leaves you all jaded and broken What if that limb breaks your climb now on Yeah, what if it all goes wrong But what if it all goes right What if it all works out What if the stars line up And good luck rains down What if you chase your dream And it changes This is Yelp. Of course it is. Yes, it is. is Yelp help, baby. So, Dougie Fresh, I have got a Yelp help that I want to share first. Excellent. You mind? No, you go right ahead. Awesome, man. All right. This is a three-star review. Okay. It starts off and it says, well, I got caught shoplifting here. I took a large container of hot soup and placed it in my backpack. It immediately spilled all over my stuff. I then tried to add a whole chicken and macaroni salad, and then the man saw me. (laughs) I was then taken, that's right, I said taken, T-A-K-I-N, to the office and told not to come back. They wouldn't even let me use the bathroom to clean out my bag. How rude. We was hungry. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty rude, huh? Yeah, man. How dare they? Soup in a backpack? Yeah. Come on, man. That's almost bonehead worthy. Soup (laughs) in a backpack. Like, that's going to transport very well. No. No, that's going to drip at least. Hot soup. Let's try to get a whole meal, though. A whole chicken, macaroni salad, and soup. Yeah, that's... um. I love the complaints, though. Like, yeah. you know, like, how dare they take them in the back room? And they didn't give them a one star, so it must have been, like, the food must be good because they're going was there, probably right? really yeah. good, yeah. So they're going there for the food. But they didn't give them a one star. They gave them a three star, which, eh, it's not too bad. <laughs> the food's good, how but we was hungry. they don't let you steal it. Oh, my God. That's baloney, man. That's it, man. What you got? Uh, yeah. So I have, mine's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I love reviews that don't really have to do with anything. Yeah. But this is a five-star review. Oh. Five-star. Setting this tone. It's a donut place. Um, but the review is, well, I'll get to it. I'll start by reading, I really love this place. Five stars. Okay. I really love this place. I've been going since it opened. I had the hugest crush on the daughter of the owner, and I would come in after class when I was in junior high and try to talk to her. 
But the skate store next door opened up. You know, all those skater got to her, and one of them got her pregnant. Oh, no. I never saw her again. Oh, yeah, the donuts are good, and they will usually hook you up with a free donut to try. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine being the... All right, so you're the... He said talking about the owner's daughter, right? So yeah. can you imagine being the owner, <laughs> and you're looking at your reviews yeah, over here right? on Yelp, and you're checking yeah. it out, and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. One that, okay, this guy's got a crush on my... Oh, oh! He gave the dirty. <laughs> he let him know one of yep. those skaters impregnated my daughter. One of those dirty skater dudes next door. Oh my gosh! And then he's also telling them that they give out free donuts too. Yeah, so. right. Oh, can I try one of those? Yeah. Okay. He's gonna I'll have a back. lot of people coming in after yeah. this and all be those, like, "Can I try a donut?" All those skaters, right? Those damn skaters. Well, I don't know. That's a good one, man. I like it. I like donuts too. By the way, I do too. Are you a Dunkin' or are you a Krispy Kreme? Let's talk about that for a second. All right. So I am. This is a this is a tough one for me because I love Dunkin' Donuts. I'm from the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts is everything, right? So I'm a Dunkin' Donuts coffee Krispy Kreme donuts. That's how I'm like. Okay. There's nothing. There's nothing on this planet better to me. I don't care what you say. Than a hot Krispy Kreme donut, yep. like a straight off the oven, the one that like when you pick it up, it falls over. Oh, yeah. You can eat the whole thing in one bite; it just melts in your mouth. I'll take you one better, and here's <laughs> here I am. Right, I'm yes. a Dunkin'. I love starving. the Dunkin' Donuts I'm coffee. Starving, by the way. Only yeah. thing I like out of Boston is the Boston cream donut. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. Boston cream donut from Dunkin' Donuts, but yeah. the glazed donut, hundred percent, hundred percent Krispy Kreme, because there Got is to. nothing like a hot now yeah. Krispy Kreme donut coming mm-hmm. off it. Oh no. God. Sorry, all you Northerners, but yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, got to come down and visit, and just if you see the hot sign, stop. Do no it. Matter what, doesn't matter what time it is. It's a must. Doesn't matter if you just ate dinner. Nope. Like, stop in and grab one, and leave a Yelp review, and always leave a Yelp review. That's it, folks. That's Yelp help.